Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Fearless Generations with Terry Sayer and Kelly Fox. Hello and welcome to 12 Generations or Fearless Generations 12.freedom. This is Kelly Fox and we are, I am here with my beautiful co-host Terry Sayer to talk about step nine, intention, and tonight is integration. So you know what that means. Anything goes. And before we get to it, let me say, how are you doing tonight, Terry? I'm doing just fine. We're coming to you from the lovely town of Santa Fe, New Mexico tonight. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We just got done with three days of a coaching, a fearless, genera- a fearless living uh, coaching retreat, um, and it was wonderful. We got to spend time with all of our favorite coaches and our fearless leader, Rhonda Britton, who is the creator of all of this, um, all these 12 steps that we bring to you each week. We're also excited to have with us our guest coach tonight, who you, our listeners, are hopefully by now familiar with, Trish Mark. How are you doing tonight, Trish? I'm doing wonderful, Kelly. I'm so excited to be with you guys tonight, or with you wonderful ladies, let me say, tonight. We are happy <laughs> to have you as well. Well, thank you. <laughs> so, let's get to it. We are talking integrate our intention, sorry integration of intention and Trish since our listeners haven't heard from you yet this month let's start off with you and what is your definition of intention or how do you use it how to support you all those good things that we like to talk about well intentions are very important for me because they allow me to um you know establish you know what I want to practice or what I want to work on for that day, that month, that quarter, you know, they allow me to set, um, kind of set some goals in place for, you know, how I want to work on things. So, for example, I always have the intention that I'm willing to practice being open and present. And uh, that actually serves me very well in most situations. So that's something that I've been working on since I actually went through the coaching program. And I've continued to use that as my intention, and then I sprinkle in some good intentions, um, you know, for different situations or scenarios or different goals, as I mentioned before. So for me, intentions are a good way to start a process, to begin a brand new day, to set myself up um, for things to work on or and things I'm willing to practice in order to be successful. Um, yeah, it's a guide. I guess it's a guide for me. I like that. So. My my question is is how does one practice being present and open? Ah, so for me, um, I practice being open. Open to me is being having an open heart. So I try to pay attention to how I'm feeling about situations and you know how I'm showing up. So am I showing up with an open heart or am I in fear? Am I in judgment or you know do I have expectations? Which would be the fear side of that. 
Or am I coming to a situation with an open heart and I'm present and I'm positive and I'm really just using my open heart as a filter um, or to kind of drive my perspective of a situation. So that's me showing, and that's me being open. And present is really, <laughs> you know, not letting my mind wander, you know, practice um, active listening, you know, um, being fully in that moment, not worrying about things that have happened in the past, not worrying about things that are happening in the future, but just being fully present in this moment. Alamla. Thank you. <laughs> So my question is, if you find yourself in those situations where your mind is wandering or you see you are in a moment of execution or judgment, how do you support yourself in shifting out of that and being more open-hearted or more present to practice that? You are truly full of questions this evening, are you not? (laughs) So I practice proactive behaviors to get me back into the situation. Sometimes I will simply say or remind myself of my intention. I'm willing to practice being open and present. Awesome. And often, especially since I've been practicing it, practicing it for quite some time, that will be effective. But there's other situations where I need a little bit more help. So I have to say to myself, what's going to bring me back to this moment? What's going to enable me to uh, be more present? What's going to allow me to open my heart more and get myself out of this situation? So. You know, and many times um, I'm going to need to just change my perspective a little bit. Um, you know, if I'm not present, that means I'm not fully in my body. Um, so many times I'll sit and take three deep breaths and imagine myself just being more centered, coming fully back into my body and being centered and grounded, right? That's a, always a key thing to help me pull myself into the present moment. I'll also um, re-engage. So sometimes it's because I'm you know, uh, distracted or unfocused, and I'll just have to re-engage in the situation. So, and by re-engaging, I mean I do something to get myself to be present, whether I'm, you know, if I'm talking to a client and I happen to lose my myself in a moment, you know, I may ask them <clears throat> a question or ask them to summarize to just get me back in the moment and get me reconnected. Um, if I'm feeling like my heart is disengaged, um, that three deep breaths and coming back into my body will typically open my heart. But sometimes I need to just, um, you know, sometimes I can look in the mirror and just reconnect with myself that way and open my heart. Sometimes I will hold a rock, you know, some sort of green rock, you know, jade or, um, let me see what else, adventuring. I might grab a a green stone to help me reconnect with my heart or even rose quartz. You know, so there's lots of different ways that you can, you can open your heart. I can think of somebody that I love or, or somebody that I love unconditionally, or maybe that loves me unconditionally to to open my heart back up. So lots of proactive behaviors to try to, uh, to get back to that mantra or not back to that intention. And I think, um, you know, I gain those over time. You know, those weren't things that initially came to me all at once. It's because I've been practicing that intention for quite some time that I'm able to implement those um, proactive behaviors effectively. Yeah, I love that you're talking about proactive behaviors. We've talked about that this month, different proactive behaviors that we um, that we engage to help us with our practice. 
um, or our, our intention of what we're practicing. And breathing is definitely one of the ones that we've mentioned. Terry, what are other ones that we've mentioned this month that you feel um, would be good to uh, say again uh, to remind our audience of other proactive behaviors that have that support us in our practice of our intention? Well, I think proactive behaviors are are very personal and when we work with our clients, we really encourage them to be present and notice and be aware of the proactive behaviors that allow them to remain true to their intention. So like Trish, I have an overarching intention that I practice and have practiced for, for some time. And then I do have daily specific intentions that I write in my gratitude journal every morning. And those are more specific to the day and to the scenarios that I'll be uh, engaged in that particular day. But I think for me, uh, doing writing intentions, gratitudes and, and acknowledgements are proactive behaviors that truly support me in staying connected to my intention. And so my overarching intention is that I'll practice the basic foundational principles of fearless living, which is to have compassion for myself and others, to be honest with myself and others, and then to have personal responsibility in making choices. Because every day we have multiple choice points that we can reconnect with our intention. And that's when we might engage in breathing uh, just stopping, taking a deep breath, and centering ourselves back into uh, the present moment. Because I believe that, as Trish said, being present and open is essential to be able to connect to your intention. And so for me, uh, journaling, writing, uh, praying, uh, breathing, uh, taking a, a step outside, getting some fresh air, uh, excusing myself, if if I'm, you know, not able to access compassion for myself and others, uh, taking a, a break, um, changing, the, changing the scenery, stepping outside is very helpful for me, taking a walk, uh, being able to be in nature. Those are all proactive behaviors that help me to stay true to my intention. And the opposite of intention is, is expectation. And I think that's part of Rhonda's work that, that's very powerful and that is um, when we find ourselves frustrated, we find ourselves feeling um, devalued, we find ourselves irritated or angry, we find ourselves disappointed, we can stop and ask ourselves, what are we expecting? Uh, Why are we reacting this way? And then remind ourselves of our intention and then um, take that deep breath, step outside, say a prayer, Whatever um, proactive behavior helps you to come back to uh, the qualities and the feelings that your intentions bring out in you rather than your expectations. And so it's probably one of the most powerful tools in the Fearless Living program as you begin is to be aware of your expectations of yourself and expectations of others as well as others' expectations of you so that you can reframe your feelings or your reactions or your choices around your intention rather than your expectations. So 
those are a few of the proactive behaviors that I use. Yeah, I love all of those. I think uh, doing my, uh, writing my intention, I mean, writing my acknowledgments and my gratitude is part of my daily morning routine. And I think that that's really important for me in supporting myself and staying um, aligned with my values and my, um, my commitment to myself. And I think that also, um, we could also write acknowledgments and gratitudes that are about our specific intention that we're setting, our overarching intention or our specific intention for that day. I know my overarching intention is to trust myself more each day. And in doing that, there's several things that I could attribute that I do during the day that could be me trusting myself, that I could acknowledge myself for in a moment of choosing to trust myself in that moment instead of choosing to distrust myself in that moment. And we could focus our acknowledgement um, on the thing, on those choice points where we chose to live our intention instead of maybe what comes easier or what comes natural or what, or, or with what our fear wants from us. Um, and so I really love that, how you can use the tools that you're already doing to to uh, strengthen your practice of practicing your intention even more. Yeah. And I think there's all kinds of proactive speakers. You know, whatever your intention is or whatever it is that um, you're practicing or you're wanting to get better at, there's all different kinds of uh, proactive behaviors that you can do. I mean, like how Trish said um, that these proactive behaviors have developed over time as she has practiced her intention. These, uh, uh, these proactive behaviors have come up and developed um, to that she has noticed that they support her. And I, I think that as we practice um, whatever it is that is important to us, um, showing up in some way or strengthening some skill, um, those proactive behaviors will become more apparent to us. And if we are willing to um, act on them and to remember what they are in those times where we're triggered or we're um, weakened by fear, then we can, we can use those to help us in our process. Yeah. yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think one of the things that I love about intention so much is that, you know, it really it really helps me set myself up for the day, and it takes all the doubt or worry or, um, I guess, moments of uh, moments when I'm not clear on what my goals are for the day. It kind of removes all that because I immediately in the morning set my intention for the day, and it kind of puts me on a path. Right, it makes me, it kickstarts my day, and you know, and I also love that intentions. You know, for me, they're pretty goal oriented. You know, and I'm trying to use them. Um, you know, as I said, I have one that I I use all the time, but I also try to use them to highlight what my priorities are, what my values are, or what I want to focus on for a certain time period. And I think that really gives me a good a good foundation for how I want to live each day and, 
and you know, it also gives me an opportunity to develop more and more proactive behaviors, right? You know, mm-hmm. to support myself yeah. from going through this process. So, so I love that it's, um, you know, it's really focused on on the things I value or the things I want to do and what my priorities are, and that it is a tool to help me grow as well, right? So, helping me build build my foundation. Yeah, I feel like intent, if you can incorporate intention into your internal system so that when you, you know, we talk about frequency, intensity, and uh, what's the other one? Length. Uh, that if we, if we can recover more quickly from those feelings, those, those negative feelings of expectation when we want to beat ourselves up and we feel those feelings less frequently for shorter amounts of time and we're, and they're not as intense that it's because we can focus on our intention. If our intention is to be unconditionally loving, if our intention is to um, have compassion, if our intention is to be of service, whatever our intention might be in that moment, then when we make a choice, um, you know, even if it is, it doesn't go, you know, it's just not smooth. Life is not smooth. Life doesn't always go as we intend it to go. But when we things don't go right, if we can recover more quickly, uh, that we feel those feelings less intensely, and we can move forward and reframe our behavior, our choice back to our intention, then we can continually become more proficient at doing that and we can do it trust ourselves to engage that intention as a way of staying focused on growth and I think that's what the power of intention is that we can be I like to think of it as a football field and on the up to the 50 yard line it's expectation on the other side of the 50 yard line is intention well are we straddling that line yeah sometimes are we sometimes in the front uh, 50 yards? Yes. But how quickly can we recover, cross that 50-yard uh, line, and access those intentions in order to, you know, make the goal? And I, that visualization just helps me to think, well, sometimes I'm straddling that line. Sometimes I'm in the, the first 50 yards. But my goal is to be in that, you know, the final 50 yards that are going to take me to um, – to that intention and be able to have that as a part of my internal perspective and choice making uh, device, you know, so I just kind of picture that. Where am I on that 50 yard line? Where am I on that hundred yard line on the football field? You know, which, which half of the football field am I uh, in at that moment and how can I reach that goal? I love that you're making a sports analogy. (laughs) Me too. But I, I love it too. <laughs> I, I, it is a visual that most that most people can probably relate to, even if they don't know how you play football. You can picture the field, and um, and and are you straddling your in the middle? Are you in? Is, are you in the on in the back fifty or the front fifty? Um, are you gonna? Are you working towards that touchdown? Um, so I think that that. I think that's a great way of looking at it and, and really seeing, like, how much effort are you really putting into 
uh, moving yourself down the field and towards that towards that ultimate goal. Yeah, I, I think that's a great analogy, Terry, to really help people raise their awareness of where they are. Because you can imagine somebody kind of stumbling around, you know, chasing the ball in that first 50, the, the 50 yards of expectation, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then trying to figure out how quickly, how frequency, length, and intensity they can move themselves back down to the the 50 yards of freedom, right? So, more uh, yeah. intensity, right? So, I think that's a, that's a great analogy. And, you know, people... You know, sometimes you fumble the ball, right? And sometimes you yep. pick it up and get a touchdown. And so I think that is a great, um, a great analogy. And I love that you have <laughs> a football analogy. That just tickles my funny <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for well, hearing that. That was I'd like to share is that 
using intentions can be a life-changing experience because it is the antidote to expectations. And, you know, I, I know myself, I lived, my life was filled with expectations. And it wasn't until I started working with Fearless Living that I realized, you know, how that was really driving my life. And, you know, so intentions was a huge step in moving me towards freedom or moving me out of expectations and really helping me live a life where I was willing to practice and I was compassionate with myself and I was able to be honest and take personal responsibility for my goals, my priorities, the things I valued in my life and the, and the ways I wanted to show up. So I think, you know, for me, intentions are just a, a huge a huge step in uh, the guide or the, the purpose I put into each day. And, you know, I am mm-hmm. being compassionate with myself because I am willing to practice. I'm not saying, oh, I am, I'm going to be number one today. You know, I'm saying I'm willing to practice, you know, being compassionate with myself and working as hard as I can to, you know, strive to be the best or, you know, whatever my intention would be or whatever my value may be. So I really encourage anyone who's listening today to at least start, you know, tomorrow. Like think of an intention that you'd like to do or to to practice to to change the way you're showing up or to maybe refine the way you're showing up and to um, really work towards your goals the day. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Terry, what would you like to share? Yeah, I don't I don't think I can add much to that. Um Trish really hit upon all the points that we talked about, but I think just remembering that every time we make a choice, we can either make that choice out of fear or you can make that choice out of freedom. And that intention is a tool to help us keep ourselves in uh you know, if you want to think about the the football analogy to keep us in the last 50 yards of the, of the field where we're in making choices based upon our intentions. And so those choice points make all the difference in our ability to stay in that, uh, that realm of intention rather than an expectation. So, you know, just all the points that we've talked about tonight, it's, it's ever, you know, we, our life is full of choice points. And if we can be in the, the, bladder, you know, the end of the 50-yard line, reaching for our goals, those choices will be made out of intention, out of freedom, rather than out of expectation and fear. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that you guys, I I love that you guys are all, what you are all saying, and I think that if you just, if you just start with looking at what do you have going on tomorrow, what is maybe a situation where you would possibly get triggered or you might possibly um, be put in a situation where uh, you might act in a way that you don't want to and think about how do you want to act um, in that situation how do you want to show up in your day and what is one thing you could practice or keep as your focus uh, that day that's just I mean you when you first start doing intentions make it easy for yourself you know, just take it one step at a time, one day at a time. And as you start, you know, wrapping your head around that idea of practicing something, I think it would become much more easier for you to know what is that overarching intention that you want to practice or what is that thing that you want to keep in your mind and in your focus um, for the, the day to support you in showing up how you want. And I think the most important thing to do is to write it down. 
don't expect yourself to remember it. Write it down. Put it up on your fridge or on your mirror or um, by your computer or just wherever you're going to see it um, on a, you know, a regular basis during the day so that you're constantly reminding yourself of your practice. Um, don't expect yourself to just remember it um, or to just say it once and then go, oh, at the end of the day, go, oh, I totally forgot to practice that day. Well, yeah, if it's something new, you're going to have to continually remind yourself of, of doing it, of remembering bringing back to your, to your focus, you know, constantly throughout the day. And so think of ways that you can support yourself and set yourself up for the best outcome of practicing whatever it is that you're wanting to practice. You know, it could be as simple as wanting to smile more during the day. Um, so how can you, so if you have something I'm willing to practice smiling, um, smiling, you know, more today than I did yesterday, I don't, however you want to eat it. If you have that up, you know, all over the place, then you're going to remember to smile more, right? So however it is that you can support yourself in doing that, I encourage you to do so. We thank you so much for being here with us today, Trish. We of course. I love being here. Love you being on the show. We do. We do. And um, I know that our listeners get a lot out of you being here. You always enhance the conversation so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. We love you. I love you. All right. Well, we love you, listeners. We appreciate you coming back each week. We ask that you do so again. And please share with us your thoughts, comments, questions on our Facebook page this year at Blog Talk Radio. We would love to know about you and your journey and your process and how it's going along and how you are progressing on your 12 steps to freedom. And until next week, everyone, be fearless. Be fearless. Be fearless. Good night. Good night.